You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Good morning, and welcome to Score Values on 670 The Score. I'm Sean Anderson. Coming up on this week's show, an interview with the CEO and president of the Epilepsy Foundation of Greater Chicago, Brian Anderson. Welcome into Score Values. I'm Sean Anderson, and on the line today is our guest, Brian Anderson. Brian is the president and CEO of the Epilepsy Foundation of Greater Chicago. Brian, how are you doing? I am fantastic on this beautiful sunny day. How you doing? I'm good. I'm wearing shorts. It's good to have 60 degree weather here. Um, hopefully on Sunday when this airs, it'll be uh, still that nice out. Um, but Brian, I, I've, I've, I reached out to you mainly because I'm a person with epilepsy and I think that you guys do fantastic work. You guys were a great resource when I had my first seizure and my mom uh, was trying to learn as much as she possibly could about epilepsy. So I wanted to get, make sure that, you know, I, I was talking to foundations that I knew were doing great work. You guys are one of them. And I kind of want to first start with you. How'd you end up getting to the Epilepsy Foundation of Chicago? I saw you started in November of 2017, but what was the process to you getting to the Epilepsy Foundation? Yeah, um, you know, I, I knew about epilepsy. We had a, uh, uh, We have a family member who has epilepsy, so I was aware of it. Um, and I was just, uh, out there and I saw an opportunity and, you know, something just speaks to you every once in a while. And this was just the opportunity that kind of spoke to me. So, um, my predecessor was, was moving on and, uh, you know, I went through the process of interviewing and I just fell in love with, uh, really the board of directors and the people that interviewed me. And I thought this could be a really good opportunity to grow and, and to build on what was already created before I got here, but kind of build on the strengths of my background, which is like the awareness, the development, the fundraising. Um, so I just thought it was just a, a perfect fit. And then once you, you know, you get to know this community, you, you don't want to leave. And, and, and that's why I'm here. And that's why I'm talking to you about this as a whole. What is the community? How would you describe the community of the Epilepsy Foundation? Passionate. Um, I think one of the coolest things about this community is for, for many people, you know, um, seizures, they're, they're not controlled at this point in time, but, uh, we have, gosh, we have all our board, you know, our board president, many of our supporters who've been seizure free for five, 10, 15, 20 years, or their family member has, or their, their son or daughter or granddaughter. And they still support the foundation, even when epilepsy and seizures is not necessarily affecting them every single day. But they want everybody that they know that's impacted by epilepsy to have the same seizure freedom that they currently have. They don't leave. I mean, like I said, our board president, 17 years seizure free, and he's our board president. It's kind of cool. That is awesome. And, and let's talk a little bit more about the foundation. What is the foundation and you guys being the greater Chicago chapter of a much larger foundation? Who do you serve in the Chicagoland area? Yeah, so... Um, we serve 44 counties in the state of Illinois. So uh, it's not like I can't really describe it as an easy map. Um, you know, so you're looking at Cook counties and the, and the collar counties of Cook, but then 
we go all the way, you know, towards Springfield, Illinois, Kankakee. We just keep going south. And, like, we don't go as far west as Peoria, but kind of, like, in that trajectory to, to serve 44 counties. So even though we're greater Chicago, we do serve more than just that space. It's a, it's a, it's a much bigger space as a whole. And, um, and so, you know, we're north and west and south and, uh, and Chicago as well. So we just we serve as many counties as we can in the state of Illinois. And then there's other affiliates in the state of Illinois that serve some of the other counties. Uh, as you mentioned, we're also a part of the Epilepsy Foundation of America. So we are our own 501c3, so we're an independent organization, but we collaborate and work with the Epilepsy Foundation of America. So uh, they're the overriding uh, leaders in, in, in the country, but then we are serving the Chicagoland area and work with them, whether it's on research or fundraising or walks or, or camps, you know, everything from there. So we work together with EFA, but we are our own separate entity. So all of our fundraising we do and all of our events that we do goes back into our 501c3. And you can visit the Epilepsy Chapter of Chicago at epilepsychicago.org. We are speaking with Brian Anderson, the president and CEO of the Epilepsy Foundation of Greater Chicago. And Brian, you mentioned the walks, you mentioned the fundraising efforts, and you mentioned that you've been in this business for a very long time. What was it like, you know, March of 2020 when everything gets shut down? How has that really changed the Epilepsy Foundation? What have you guys learned and how have you guys grown? Yeah, I think we've grown. We've grown a ton. So we're actually, we shut down our office um, Friday, March 13th. That was the last day that I was personally in the office. Um, and actually, as a group, we're just like, let's have a one-year anniversary of uh, working remotely. So we're going to try to do a little something on Friday to, um, to commemorate the working remotely. But I think one of the most important things is we just had to change what we did. Everything that we had done and really been successful has been in person. And, and we have many of our clients that come to the Epilepsy Foundation. We're down at, like, State and Madison. They come down and they meet with our case manager. They come in for support groups. But all of a sudden, we're all working remotely, and, you know, our, our clients can't come downtown anymore. It's not safe. So, you know, like a lot of organizations, we, we use Zoom. Um, we have been doing, because we cover so much territory, and like some of our territory is two and a half, three hours south of where we live in Chicago. We've been using a virtual system for as long as I've been with the organization, which is about three plus years. So, Going to Zoom wasn't as great of an impact for us as an organization, but it had a huge impact on our, our clients and um, how we communicate with our clients. So I think the coolest thing is instead of having a, a loop group support group once a month that we would have in the office, we had that three times a week because we know like the mental health is so very important and this is challenging for all of us, you know, involved. And um, so we just turned in all of these um, support groups. And we just, we have a woman support group. We have a caregiver support group. We have a young adult support group. So we just started building on all of these support groups so we could uh, interact with our clients way more frequently than we did, uh, you know, pre pandemic. So for us, it was, it was great to be able to communicate more often. Um, at the same time in January of 2020, we also expanded and built out a mental health department, um, knowing that there was a need, but not knowing that the need was going to be so great after a year of all of us, you know, uh, going through this, this pandemic. So we have a mental health program. So we have one on free one-on-one -on -one counseling, free um, uh, psychoeducation groups. And 
we just expanded and all of a sudden the need just became greater and greater. And then we hired a bilingual clinician and now we hired another bilingual case manager. So as this pandemic has impacted all of us, we've actually grown significantly interacting with our clients more often and actually built a mental health department that provides free mental health care for our clients who are living with epilepsy. And building out that mental health department, what have you noticed and and how has it really helped your, your clients? We've seen a, a decrease in the amount of seizures that our clients are having overall. So um, the mental health is really helping reduce stress, and stress is a major trigger for seizures. So by having these support groups more often, by having this one-on-one um, mental health support and psychotherapy support, uh, and even caregiver support groups, but we're seeing a reported less and less amount of seizures and uh, just a better, more enjoyable life than what we had prior to having the mental health department. And we're seeing significant improvements. We're also getting many more people reaching out to us and asking for help. Uh, I think once, uh, I think we're doing a pretty good job of sharing who we are and what we do and having opportunities like you have given us here today. Um, So, you know, for us, it was just a reduction in the amount of seizures. And that's what gets gets us super excited But again, more and more people are calling us because they're hearing about us. They're hearing about our mental health support. Uh, We have seven level three and four centers for uh, epilepsy centers in the Chicagoland area. And we've really built out those relationships. So the, you know, the, the doctors and nurses and epileptologists and neurologists are all giving our information to maybe new families that are introduced to the epilepsy community, finding out about who we are and what we do. We actually have like, and we have ambassadors that are helping out. A lot of people just spreading the word of who we are and what we do. So we're getting, we used to get maybe one or two new clients every couple of weeks. And now we're getting somewhere between two and five uh, a week as a whole. So we're just increasing our reach and increasing um, the amount of interactions we're having with clients and just letting people know who we are. And everything we do is for free. So we don't charge for anything. So uh, I think that's really important. And then I just hired a, a bilingual case manager. Um, Last week, I think she started overall, and we have a bilingual clinician. So all the programs that we're doing in English, we're also doing in Spanish now, too. So we're really expanding our reach from that perspective, because as we all know, or maybe not, epilepsy does not discriminate. Yeah, that's that's extremely exciting to hear. Um, and, and with somebody, you know, as somebody with epilepsy, uh, stress was a huge thing for me and, and lack of sleep was a huge thing. And being able to talk to somebody has really helped and decline that. So that that's great work. And we're glad to hear about the bilingual uh, part as well. Brian Anderson, president and CEO of Epilepsy Foundation of Greater Chicago, is on the line with us. Brian, you mentioned your client services. Um, you also, uh, that's part of your three primary avenues of support. You guys advocate, you guys have your great client services that you've been talking about and type of educations that you guys provide. So uh, I want to run through those a little bit. How do you advocate for people and what do people with epilepsy need advocation for? Well, it's really important for, you know, all individuals who are living with epilepsy and and their families to to reach out to their local representatives and let them know um, the needs for people who are living with epilepsy as a whole. And, And I think one of the most important ones that we had success with was on the education front. So um, it was the Seizure Smart School Act. And um, we, it, it just, the law was signed in. So we activated it July 1 of 2020 to make all teachers, administrators, people involved in the school system to be seizure first aid trained. Uh, and we know that that law is going to save lives, but 
we couldn't have done it without the advocacy of all of our families in the state of Illinois that talked to their local representatives, let them know that their seizures or epilepsy was undiagnosed for years and years and years within the school system. I'm thinking about a, a young man who I think it was 11 years in which he was having seizures, but it wasn't for that time frame. Nobody knew that he was having seizures at that time. There's other diagnoses that the education system was thinking that it was when it was really epilepsy as a whole. So our community went in and talked to all their local reps. We had a young man come down to us at Springfield and, and speak to our representatives, let them know that teachers need to be uh, educated on seizure first aid. They need to know what to do. Um, not every seizure is a 911 emergency. So I think for us, it's always like, let's make sure that we are, are talking to our representatives letting them know the importance of, of seizure first aid, letting them know what other needs that our community has. And, and then, um, you know, as we go into a room, especially down in Springfield, it's pretty cool because we are talking about uh, epilepsy and, and seizures to a particular group of, of voting members. And all like they started telling their stories on how, oh, my, my husband has epilepsy or, um, you know, my school teacher had epilepsy or, or my neighbor has epilepsy. And they're talking about the importance of just educating individuals on seizure first aid and letting people know. I mean, one in one in 10 people will have a seizure in their lifetime. I mean, that's a huge, huge number. And one in 26 uh, people will be um, diagnosed with epilepsy. There's a big stigma behind epilepsy as a whole, but we want to start talking about it more. And, and, and you talking about your story is extremely important, too. And and that's what it is. It's everyday advocacy. Let's talk about epilepsy. Let's, um, you know, let's help people from what we do, like, you know, go to school. We have scholarships we give away. Go get a job. We have a job service um, team within our, our office. So we are always advocating on behalf of the epilepsy community to make sure that we can make um, really make our community a, a safer community for um, individuals living with epilepsy. So advocacy is what we do every single day. Call your rep, let them know your needs, let them know uh, how important uh, supporting epilepsy services is. And uh, that's probably a huge aspect of what we do. Yeah, and it seems a lot of the work that you guys do is pushed by the community. And it seems like, you know, you guys are, are mainly reacting to what your community is asking for. Is that different than the other organizations that you've worked with? No, I, I wouldn't say it, it's, I mean, it, it's different with how successful I think I think they are overall. I think... Um, you know, we listen, and I think that's a really important part of, of what we do and who we are is what are our clients looking for? What are the services that they need? Um, and really the job side is what we really have learned more and more, and that's what we're really focusing. Honestly, the whole mental health department, it wasn't my idea. It, it wasn't anybody on our team's idea. It was like going to a support group and listening to what people were saying in the support group, you know, and if we had 20 people in there, 16, 17 people were talking about mental health. So we really take a lot of pride in listening to what the clients are asking for. Right now, we're hearing a lot of people talking about, you know, jobs and, and helping them get jobs and um, helping them build their resume and teach them soft skills so they could go and, and interview. Um, so for us, anytime we grow and build something, even these virtual support groups, it all comes to us because our clients and our families are saying, hey, we need help here, we need help there. 
I just think we do a really good job of listening, and then we have the staff that's passionate to uh, implement um, these new ideas that really come from our families that uh, are impacted by epilepsy. Yeah, and I read recently the the Pennsylvania was going to introduce a, a very similar bill uh, that you spoke about about educating public school teachers, and and that all that was going to be free. And that's great to see. It's it's great to see that you know uh, the the advocacy in the workplace is growing as well. I always feel a little guilty uh, clicking that I have a disability because it's like I'm not that disabled, but I do have a disability in epilepsy. Like it does feel like it is such a silent disease uh, that you really don't feel that like if, if anyone can't see it physically that you're you're really not suffering from it um and it, it is great that you guys are, are are listening to to all these people um with, with the workplace part and, and that being a big uh growing part of you, the, the work you do are people worried about that about being judged for having epilepsy oh yes absolutely um that is a that is a definite concern and and that's where we, we you know work with individuals in regards to their soft skills, their resume, and, uh, you know, how to interview and what you say. And, and we really are, you know, we need to let, make sure more companies are hiring individuals with disabilities as well. And I think there's always a stigma behind it all. So we're really working with them to try to, you know, get those resumes up to date, get those soft skills worked on, help with the interview skills, and then how to maintain the job. And, you know, um, and finding companies that are willing to, you know, to understand seizure first aid and hire somebody with epilepsy and not think twice about it. I think we're trying to get to that level. And your exact example is what some of our clients um, who are in your position as well with a, with a good job, that's what they're, you know, they're just, how do I get to that level? They want to work. So we're really working on that. We need to build, what we're trying to do is build up companies that we could work with and have them come in and, and, teach our clients about, you know, interview skills or soft skills or help them uh, apply for jobs. And pre-COVID, we had a couple companies come on in and they actually interviewed and practiced interviewed and uh, individuals with epilepsy. So we want to build that more and more so people could come into our office, we could work on their resumes, but we can maybe have a job fair as well. And um, I know that the epilepsy community, they're just, they want to work as hard. They are working as hard. They're awesome employees for the companies that they work for. Uh, we have a couple of clients that just got hired in the last two weeks. So we're really, really excited about it. So we've had some successes. We need more successes. We don't have enough of that. So I think for us as an organization, we want to network out more and, and talk to some of these companies and find jobs for individuals with epilepsy. Uh, and, and, you know, that's what they want and that's what they're asking. So we're going to do our best uh, to put them in a situation to be successful. And that's what we try to do every day. Yeah, exciting is the right word to use. I'm glad, I'm glad you used that so much because that is uh, very exciting to learn about. Uh, Brian Anderson, president and CEO of the Epilepsy Foundation of Greater Chicago. A few more minutes uh, with him here on Score Values. Brian, I want to talk a little bit more about the stuff that might have been affected by COVID um, or maybe not. I, I, I want to learn a little bit. Um, so I saw that, I want to start with the virtual stuff first. I saw that in February 27th, you guys had your virtual Heroes Night Gala. How did that go? And and what are you guys looking to do uh, COVID-wise and virtually big events like that? How can people get involved with some of these larger things that you uh, that your foundation's putting on? Yeah, we just, uh, yeah, like you said, about a week ago, um, we had our, our virtual gala. It went really, it went fantastic, honestly, from a virtual gala perspective. We had a lot of fun. We had Demetrius Ivory from WGN News, if you know him. Um, he was our host for the night. And then we shared um, three stories of our clients and how 
um, the client services team has really impacted them from the mental health perspective and um, support groups. And we share their stories. And then Pat Tomasulo from WGN News as well did about a 15-minute comedy bit. So um, it was definitely not our normal gala. Um, but, you know, you, you pick up and you, you find new opportunities. So, you know, we're just, for us, moving forward, um, you know, we try to, we have a lot of programs that we have for kids and teens. So we have a kids and teens club uh, for kids with epilepsy. And, you know, we used to go to the Chicago Wolves game or we used to go rent out like a, you know, a, a trampoline place or go bowling. And we just can't do that right now. So what we try to do is, like, we had little kits. We had, like, mason jar Halloween kits that we would send out to the people. And then we would have a virtual kids and teens club. So we've been doing that. Um, we think that's really important because we want to connect these kids as much as possible. Um, we're all a little bit lonely, right? We all want to interact with our friends. And um, so we're doing those virtual components where we send items to people's houses and uh, we did cookie decorating for the holiday season, which was really fun. And then we had a Facebook contest for the, the best decorated cookie house. And it was a blast. I mean, the kids had an awesome time. Um, we usually have Camp Blackhawk every year, which is an in-person camp uh, up north. Uh, unfortunately, with COVID, we had to make it virtual this last year. And we're going to have to have that virtual this year as well. We had to make a decision in January, and we just didn't know where the science was taking us. But we did a, we're doing a virtual Camp Blackhawk. So for a couple hours every day for a week. We have all these activities. And what's really cool is we're bringing our counselors back from all over the world because uh, they work at this camp. And they're coming back, and they're going to lead these virtual activities that we have. And it allows, you know, these kids and teens, uh, they're friends for life. They've been going to camp maybe since they're six years old. They're maybe 17 years old. And this is their last year. And these are their closest friends. And they um, turn into advocates, actually. They uh, Teens speak up. A lot of these uh, kids that come to camp are Teen Speak Up representatives. And they go to Washington, D.C. and advocate on behalf of the foundation and for all families living with epilepsy. So for us, we're just trying to do as, as many things once a month, at least have an activity for these kids and teens uh, club and uh, have them really interact with their friends that they're missing so very much right now. But hopefully this summer we're going to have a golf event. We had an in-person golf event last year and all the money from that event goes to Camp Blackhawk. So again, families don't have to pay for their kids to go to Camp Blackhawk. And every kid that goes to this camp has a diagnosis of epilepsy. Uh, so it's $1,000 a kid and this golf tournament that we're going to do again in person this August, every $1,000 that's raised, boom, kid goes to camp for free. So we're going to keep that going because uh, we're going to have an in-person. I'm, I'm, you know, I can't promise anything, but in-person in 2022, that's that's the goal. Um, so that's a way to, to get involved. And, you know, there's events throughout the year and our walk is scheduled for the fall. So we don't know, is it going to be a virtual walk? Is it going to be an in-person walk? And again, we're just going to follow the science, but we have our fingers crossed that we could have an in-person walk. We have two of them in Chicago with tons of activities. It's more of a celebration for all the families to get together and, and have fun and cook out. And we do a little 5k walk run component we play a bunch of games, lots of dancing, uh, lots of hula hooping, lots of purple painted faces and hair and things like that. So we're fingers crossed September we could have in person uh, this year. So we'll see how that goes. And we have a casino night in the, in the fall that hopefully we can do in person. And um, we have a consumer conference, so an educational consumer conference in November uh, so you can learn the latest and greatest on technology and, and ask the docs questions and things like that. So 
that's what we're planning right now. Um, we're hoping that the second half of the year we can see people in person. We miss seeing everybody in person. I think that's the one thing is we know our clients and families miss interacting uh, with their friends, but it's, we so very much miss these families because they're a part of our life. That's why we get up every day and go to work, uh, although we get up every day and kind of go to our kitchens or go to our offices. But um, that's what we're looking to do. And uh, and build out the mental health department. Again, we want to keep hiring more clinicians, um, really expand the languages as well. We created a lot of posters on seizure first aid. We did posters in Farsi and Urdu and Polish and French and Spanish and English. Um, as I talked about, you know, epilepsy doesn't discriminate, so we need to get out there as much as possible. So that's where our focus is right now, raising the awareness. People are calling us more often. We're going to keep providing these services. And hopefully I could hire more and more clinicians and case managers, and we could have a greater impact on the epilepsy community. That's the goal. Yeah, your website lists 140,000 people in the Chicagoland area are living with epilepsy. So hopefully uh, all those people are getting involved because you guys have a great foundation. Um, and, and where can people learn more about those events, like when you guys announce dates and places like the walk and the golf outing? Yeah, so if you go to epilepsychicago.org, epilepsychicago.org, there's a tab under uh, events on that uh, on that page, and you can see all the events that are going in there. Um, we also have some pretty cool stuff. We're going to do some streaming events for, for people that love to play video games and raise money for a charity. That's going to be a, a new thing that we're going to do. Uh, Facebook fundraisers are always super popular. People still love doing Facebook fundraisers. And then in the, you know, in the before times and before um, COVID-19, you know, so many people were doing like, um, dinners at their houses and money gets raised for the foundation or a lemonade stand is very popular, uh, you know, stuff like that. So there's always opportunities to, to get involved and support us. Um, you know, the golf event is, you know, hope this summer, this August, we'll do it again. And then when it's safe, we'll do more and more events uh, for the, for the community, but fingers crossed again for our walk in person. I think that's, uh, that's one of my favorite events because, because all the families come out, we just have a blast. So, so much fun, but epilepsychicago.org, look under the event tab and uh, see how to get involved. Um, you know, we have a board of directors. We have a young professional board of directors. So uh, there's other ways to get involved. You can donate your vehicle. Um, you can donate uh, apparel as well. I'm not sure if you've heard of Savers, but it's a program that we work with. There's four Savers stores in the Chicagoland area. For any of the donated clothes that you, you give to Savers, drop off, or they could maybe pick up in your territory, we get paid a certain amount per pound that comes into play. So by cleaning out your closet, you can help raise money for the foundation as well. So a lot of ways to get involved. That's what I hear. And you can learn all about that. Again, epilepsychicago.org. That was Brian Anderson, president and CEO of the Epilepsy Foundation of Greater Chicago. Brian, best of luck. And thank you for your time today. This was fantastic. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Stay safe. And I hope we get to see each other in person soon. Same here. If there's a topic you'd like to hear about on a future edition of our show, or if you'd like to share information about an upcoming charitable event, send us an email at scorevalues670 at gmail.com. That's scorevalues670 at gmail.com. I'm Sean Anderson, and thanks for listening to this week's edition of Score Values on 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.